Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Colgate presents Bill Stern with a Colgate Sports Newsreel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you'll look keen. You'll get a shave that's smooth and clean. You'll be a Colgate Brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Bill Stern bringing you the 279th edition of the Colgate Sports Newsreel. Our guest tonight is the very famous singing star, Lawrence Tibbet. But first, real one. Joe Lapchick is the king of basketball. He played with the original New York Celtics for 14 years, and he's now in his ninth year as head coach at St. John's, a great team. And as you might know, the famous basketball director is also in the championship class when it comes to shaving. He writes, Doggone it, Bill, if Colgate Brushless didn't turn out to be a winner just like you said it would. It's the first brushless shave cream I ever tried that seemed made for my combination of tough beard and sensitive skin. Signed, Joe Lapchick. Well, it's my guess that four out of five men have the same kind of stubble trouble as has Mr. Joe Lapchick, so why not enjoy the same kind of shaving satisfaction? Spread Colgate Brushless Shave Cream over your skin. Softens your tough whiskers down to the skin line. Stays moist, clear through your shave. Gives your razor active support for a close, clean, smooth finish. Without a single snag or pull and score another hit for Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, the shave cream of champions that doesn't gum up your razor, rinses off your blade and your face as easy as soap suds. I wish you'd try it. And if you're not 100% satisfied with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream, just send the top of the carton to be Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey. And I'll see that you get double your money back. Now, could anything be fair? Get the big nine-ounce economy jar of Colgate Brushless tonight. Real two. Portrait of a fighter. This is the story of a curious incident that changed a man's life. Quite a few years ago, a big, husky, happy-go-lucky youngster came out of Bakersfield, California to join the United States Navy. This California youngster soon became one of the best heavyweight boxers in the United States Pacific Fleet. One day, long before this war, the United States ship that this youngster was on anchored at the Japanese port of Nagasaki, and early the next morning, this California youngster decided to go ashore and to see a bit of Japan. By mid-afternoon, this boy was fed up with Japan and with Japanese customs. It seemed that no matter what he wanted to do, there was always a grinning Japanese policeman to tell him, So, Sally, no can do. The California youngster became bored. And after a while, he decided to buy a little camera and to try and take some pictures of the port of Nagasaki. However, no sooner had he started taking pictures than another grinning Japanese policeman again said, So, Sally, no can do. And this Japanese policeman tried to take his camera away. This was too much for the American. With one punch, he knocked that grinning Jap policeman down. Immediately, the Jap blew his whistle, and other Japanese policemen came running from all directions. The California youngster decided to try and make a dash for freedom. With another well-aimed uppercut, another Jap hit the pavement. 
and the American boy was on his way, running full speed up the nearest street, looking for any American store he could find. For if he felt that if he could find an American store, it might give him some protection. Finally, he did see an American store. It was a phonograph shop. It advertised American phonograph records. The California youngster rushed inside. Hey, listen, buddy. You're an American, aren't you? Why, yes, I am. I sell American phonographs and records. They're the best in the world. Can the sales talk? Look, I just knocked down two Japanese policemen. Oh, don't ask me why. I'll tell you later. That they're hot on my heels. Oh, will you help a fellow American and hide me? Well, I don't know. I... Listen, mister, I'm a sailor in the United States Navy. Will you please help me, but quick? Well, uh, all right. Okay, sailor, get in that phonograph booth. Play as many records as I give you. And don't come out till I tell you to. Now get in that booth, take these records, and shut the door. No one can see you if you stay in there. The California youngster took those phonograph records, went into the tiny phonograph booth, and he began playing the records. He couldn't be seen from the outside, and he thought that he'd eluded the Japanese police. But a few moments later, into that American phonograph store in Japan, came several Japanese policemen. Have you seen America, sailor? Big or off? He come down street? Why, no, sir. There's no one here but a musician. He's playing some opera selection, some operatic recording. Well, this no musician. He's sailor. And he no type to listen to opera selection. So sorry. Well, that's all there is to the simple story of an American sailor who saved himself from the Japanese police by staying in that phonograph booth listening to operatic selections all afternoon. And only when darkness fell did this California youngster dare to go back out on the streets. But that four and a half hours this California youngster had to remain in that phonograph booth listening to operatic records had a curious effect. For sitting there in that phonograph booth listening to operatic selections for four hours for the first time, he decided he liked this music, liked it so much that when he left the Navy, he decided that music was going to be his career. And he did make music his career. And that's the story. The story of a boxer who began his fighting in the United States Navy. But one day, while in the Navy, he slugged two Japanese policemen. And to get away from them, he wound up listening to serious music in a phonograph booth. And he liked that music so well that he decided to study music. But I don't think he's ever been sorry. For even though a fist fight may have gotten him interested in music, he's done mighty well at it. For today, the whole world knows this former fighter as America's most famous opera star, Lawrence Tibbet. And here he is in person, the singing star of stage, screen, and radio, Mr. Lawrence Tibbet. Thank you, Bill. You know, that brought back old memories to hear you tell that story. Not only did boxing get me started on my career, but it helped to keep me in good physical condition. <laughs> Larry, what other sports do you enjoy? Most all of the outdoor sports, like hiking and swimming, tennis and golfing. And I like fencing. You know, in fact... Once I saw the greatest fencer in the world, Bill. Oh, well, who, who was that, Larry? A guy by the name of Lawrence Tibbet. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he was such a great fencer that he killed about ten people. I love to watch him fence. Come on, now, what's the gag? How could you watch Lawrence Tibbet fence? Oh, take it easy, Bill. You see, I made a movie out in Hollywood once called The Rogue Song, mm -hmm. in which they taught me how to fence, or at least they tried to. Of course, you know, trick photography helped a bit. And then... My opponents had to let me win. But I sure did enjoy going into the movie theater afterwards and watching myself win every duel. Ah, uh, now I understand. But, Larry, speaking of pictures, haven't you got a famous collection of autographed pictures? Oh, yes. I have autographed pictures of many famous people. But I have one in particular that should be of interest to you, Bill. Oh? Why is that? Well, because the inscription on that picture reads, To Lawrence Tibbet, who can use his fists as well as his voice. 
as two Japanese policemen once found out. And that picture is signed, Affectionately Yours, Marie Dressler. Thank you very much. Good luck and good night, Lawrence Tibbet. Good night, Bill. Good night, Larry. Real three. Profile of a song. Hear that song? That's the anniversary waltz. It's one of America's most popular songs today, and yet behind that song, there's a sports story. But let's stop the song and begin the story. Not so many years ago in Philadelphia, there lived a youngster named Al Dubin. He was a young schoolboy. Al Dubin was quite a track star. In fact, he was faster than almost any other schoolboy in Philadelphia. For in 1912, Al Dubin set a new schoolboy record in the 100-yard dash. And not only won the Philadelphia Public School Championship, but as Philadelphia's champion, Al Dubin was naturally selected to represent Philadelphia in the Middle Atlantic State Championships against champions from every other eastern city. And young Al Dubin was able to beat them all. One of these boys whom Al Dubin was able to beat was a youngster from New York City, a lad named Lou Gehrig. But after that race was over, Al Dubin and Lou Gehrig became friends, good friends. And their friendship lasted for several years until Lou Gehrig went into professional baseball and became one of the most famous baseball players in America. After that, Al Dubin didn't see very much of his friend Lou Gehrig. It wasn't that he didn't want to. It was just that Lou Gehrig was now so famous that Al Dubin felt he might be intruding. But those were great years for Lou Gehrig. He was riding high, wide, and handsome as one of the most famous members of the mighty New York Yankees. And then one day, Lou Gehrig was married. He married a lovely girl, and they were very, very happy. The years were passing now. But one day, Lou Gehrig once again heard from his old friend, Al Dubin. For Al Dubin came to see Lou Gehrig. Gosh, it's great to see you again, Lou. It's good to see you, Al. I've heard that you've become a songwriter. Congratulations, Al. Thanks, Lou. And that's partly why I came to see you today. What do you mean? Well, I happen to know that today is your fourth wedding anniversary, Lou. And I also know how happy you and your wife are. So... I've had a little song written for your anniversary. I've tried to make the words fit the occasion. I've even called it the Anniversary Waltz. It's just for you and your wife. Here it is, Lou. Give it to Mrs. Gehrig with my compliments. Lou Gehrig and his wife loved that song. It was their own song, and on each succeeding anniversary, they always sang that song as best they could. And they were very, very happy and very much in love. Until that day in 1941... When Lou Gehrig died a tragic death. Shortly after that, Mrs. Lou Gehrig sat down and wrote a letter to Al Dubin. A letter that read, Dear Mr. Dubin, Lou often told me what a good friend you were to him. He used to tell me how you two first became friends when you ran against each other long ago in a track meet. And I know that the song you sent us on our anniversary several years ago pleased Lou very much. And thank you for calling it the anniversary waltz. We loved our song. But now, as you know, Lou is gone. And there'll be no more anniversaries for us. But it's such a lovely song that I'd hate to think it'll never be played again. And so I'm sending it back to you. Why not publish it? And let the whole world share in its lovely sentiment. Thank you so much, signed, Mrs. Lou Gehrig. P.S. I shall never forget our anniversary waltz. And so, Al Dubin did publish that song that very year. Nothing was changed. 
Even the title was kept the same, and from the moment it was published, all America came to love the anniversary wall. Strange, isn't it, that behind America's most popular wall should be a sports story. And yet, if years ago a youngster named Al Dubin had not raced Lou Gehrig, they never would have gotten to know each other. And Al Dubin would have never thought of writing this lovely song for Lou Gehrig and his wife to help them celebrate their anniversary. And it was their song until Mrs. Gehrig could no longer say... Real Four, Charles F. McCarthy. Here's our latest limerick. Said a busy young lawyer named Dow, Colgate brushless shave cream is a wow. I spread it over my skin, from my brow to my chin, and my razor shaves smoothly. And how? Smooth, clean, fast, and comfortable. Add it up, and it's spelled happy shaving with Colgate brushless shave cream, the shave cream of champions. Here's a shave cream made specially for you fellows with wiry whiskers and naturally dry, sensitive skin. It lets your razor come through with a fast, clean performance. No pulling or snagging. So why not solve your stubble troubles with Colgate Brushless Shave Cream? Most druggists now have the big nine-ounce economy jar. It's a real money saver. So get yourself a jumbo jar of Colgate Brushless Shave Cream tonight. And now, back to Bill Stern. Real Five, Colgate's candid camera catches the story behind the story. Washington, D.C. Last week in Congress, two members traded punches. They were Representatives Hook and Rankin. Rankin, who's been asking for it, picked on the wrong guy in Mr. Hook, who once worked his way through college by fighting better fighters than Rankin will ever be. And that's the 3-0 mark for tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be back same time, same stations, with another edition of the Colgate Sports Newsreel. Our guest next Friday evening will be one of America's youngest screen stars, Miss Jane Withers. So be sure and be with us at our usual time next Friday night when we present as our guest the young Hollywood star, Jane Withers. See you then. And until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the News of the Day Newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. Now, until next Friday evening at this very same time, this is Bill Stern wishing you all a good, good night. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports, he rolls the inside dope, he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-T-E. Just a minute, Mr. and Mrs. America. Pardon the personal question, but did you earn $500 or more in 1944? If you did, you must file an income tax return by March the 15th. And that means everyone. Even when a withholding tax was deducted from your income, and please get your tax returns in early. Yeah, I know, taxes are high, but so is the cost of war. And it doesn't hurt you half as much to pay with cash as it does some others who are now paying in blood. Good night. Lawrence Tibbetts, star of the Lucky Strike hit parade, appeared on this program through the courtesy of the American Tobacco Company. This is the National Broadcasting Company. Thank mm-hmm. you.